Romans 15, closed in our last session last week with the 13th verse, where we read, The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Pneumahagion, the Holy Spirit. And tonight we begin with verse 14. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. The word full, full of goodness. The word full is not the word pleiraco or plato. It is the word mestos, M-E-S-T-O-S, which means satisfied, like in the essence of being satisfied with food, to the end that you have had food to eat. You're, you're full, you're full. You've used that statement. Uh, people say, you want more to eat? And you say, no, I'm full. That's this word, full. Mestos. That does not mean full to full capacity. So you could not eat another bite. The word goodness, full of goodness, which is an inner harmonious perfection. Another word is the word admiration, that you're full of goodness, full of an inner harmonious perfection, full of admiration, filled with all knowledge. The word filled with all knowledge, that word filled is the word plerako, filled to capacity, plumb full. It's not overflowing, but you're just filled to capacity. If you or I are ever going to instruct or admonish anyone, you will first of all have to be real tender, you have to be loving and understanding. You have to have a real beautiful heart yourself. Then you have to have the knowledge of the word, full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. I'm going to do a literal, according to usage, with expanded understanding. And this is verse 14 in the light of what I've just said. Ye also are to be admired for the perfection of your renewed mind love without hypocrisy, which is due to your full capacity of the accurate knowledge of the word, which makes it possible for you to instruct admonishingly another believer. Me to read that again for you? <laughs> the literal, according to usage, would be much briefer. Ye also are to be admired. Look at that. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you're full of goodness, King James. 
you also are to be admired for the perfection of your renewed mind love without hypocrisy, which is due to your full capacity of the accurate knowledge of the Word, filled with all knowledge, King James, able also to admonish one another, King James. I translated, which makes it possible for you to instruct admonishingly another believer. Now, when you think that one through, that's really neat, isn't it? He was writing to the Romans, Gentiles, born-again believers. He said they were to be admired for the perfection with which they had renewed their minds and were admonishing people without hypocrisy, and that the reason they were able to do this was because they had an accurate knowledge of the Word, and they had the love in their heart. Verse 15 says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me. I translated that, but I've written to you with a great measure of boldness that you be sure to keep in mind that it was God's grace to me that made known and available the word and God's grace to you. He wrote to them with a great measure of boldness, and that simply meant he hadn't been there. He hadn't sat around with them and visited with them like I do with the Corps. He hadn't done that. So he wrote to them, and he was real bold in the writing. And the thing he was bold about was to tell them, you be sure to keep in mind, putting you in mind, you be sure to keep in mind. Don't forget it. Just keep remembering it. Keep in mind that it was God's grace to me. And we all know the history of the life of the Apostle Paul as it's given in the Word, how he persecuted the church, how God saved him. That's why it was God's grace to me, he says. Keep in mind that it was God's grace, not Paul's commitment to the law or to Israel or to Pharisaism, but it was by God's grace, not Paul being chief among the leaders of the Sanhedrin, but by God's grace to me that made known and available the Word, and God's grace to you. You can't ever give anything if you haven't got it. Paul had it by God's grace, and what Paul had he shared, he ministered, he wrote about. And that's what we've been dealing with, the book of Romans. And it was made available to those people because the apostle Paul knew it. Likewise with you, 
because you have a knowledge of God's Word and you have the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation without hypocrisy, you can admonish believers. You can lead the unbeliever to Christ because of God's grace to you. And don't you ever forget God's grace. For when you do, you will be the first to cast the stone. And I believe there's a scripture where Jesus said, he who's without sin, let him do the first pitch. And they all walked out. That's why this is such a wonderful verse. I've written to you with great measure of boldness. Boldness regarding what? That you be sure to keep in mind. The adversary tricks people. They forget what they've been saved from and what they've been saved for. They forget all the things that God did for them. And they get on like an ego trip. You just keep in mind that it was God's grace, Paul says, that he had it, and because he had it, he was able to make known and make available the word and God's grace to the Romans. Verse 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I know what C.H. Wells does with this. I know what Bullinger does. I think I basically know what all the scholars do with this section. I do not concur with Bullinger or with Welsh along this line because I think they squeeze the word in order to get Paul as only ministering to Gentiles. That is not true. He was a minister to the Gentile because it just happened to be that the area in the churches or the area where he was moving, the cities and so forth, had so many Gentile inhabitants. But that's not the whole truth. Only part, when you tie this 16th verse together with that translation that I just gave you with expanded understanding of verse 15, it was God's grace to me that made known and available the word and God's grace to you. Then 16, it is by God's grace that I am a minister of Jesus Christ. It's by God's grace that I am a minister of Jesus Christ, Paul said, Paul wrote. But core, it's by God's grace that any of us are ministers of Jesus Christ. To you Romans, and not just to Israel. Ministering God's gospel to Israel and you Romans, that the Gentiles might commit and surrender themselves completely 
having been set apart for eternal life by God. It is by God's grace, verse 16, that I am a minister of Jesus Christ to you Romans, and not just Israel, ministering God's gospel to Israel and you Romans, that the Gentiles might commit and surrender themselves completely, having been set apart, that's sanctified, you know, set apart for eternal life by God. Then verse 17, I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. Because of this, the greatness of God's grace to Paul, he said he had therefore whereof he could glory through Jesus Christ. I translated this verse 17 as follows. I am just so tickled and blessed and rejoice because of what Jesus Christ made available to the Gentiles also. All those things that pertain to God, I'm just so tickled and blessed and rejoice because of what Jesus Christ made available to the Gentiles also. All those things that pertain to God. And then verse 18, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. That verse is a little difficult to apprehend, let alone comprehend from King James. For I would not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. That just cannot be literally true because Paul did speak about other people, about other men who held forth the word, who blessed people. What he's simply trying to say is that he's not going to set forth what others have done. I translated verse 18, for I cannot speak of what others may have done. But I know what Christ has permitted me to do by his grace for you Gentiles. By the word and by my actively working and teaching it that made you respond and become obedient to him. Once more, let me read you verse 18 from King James and then go to this other translation that I've done. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. For I cannot speak of what others may have done, but I know what Christ has permitted me to do by his grace for you Gentiles, by the word and by my actively working and teaching it 
that made you respond and become obedient unto him. Now you ought to have a good understanding of that verse. 19. Through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Fully preached does not mean he's the only one who fully preached it. To fully preach it is to simply put forth the fullness of the greatness of the word. And of course, that includes the mystery. No one is ever fully preaching the gospel of God unless he understands and teaches the mystery, which is God in Christ in you, the hope of glory, which includes nine manifestations of the Spirit. Without the knowledge of the Word and that teaching, you could never fully preach the gospel. I translated verse 19 as follows. Yes, even miracle upon miracle, powerful and dynamic signs and wonders by the inherent power of God in me. So that starting from Jerusalem, parentheses, Israel, end of parentheses, all the way round to Illyricum, to both Israel and Gentiles, I have heralded to my fullest capacity and ability the good news of what Christ accomplished, which is God's good news to Gentiles also. Once again, yes, even miracle upon miracle, powerful and dynamic signs and wonders, by the inherent power of God in me, so that starting from Jerusalem, parentheses, Israel, end of parentheses, all the way around to Illyricum, to both Israel and Gentiles, I have heralded to my fullest capacity and ability the good news of what Christ accomplished which is God's good news to Gentiles also. Now verse 20. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. Here's another scripture that has been wrested from the context and used surreptitiously and wrongly so many times. What it really says is what I have translated. Yes, I have deliberately endeavored because of God's guidance to preach this terrific good news in new cities and areas where they have not heard before. 
So then it was not necessary for me to build upon a foundation someone else had laid. Now that's the truth of that verse. I have deliberately endeavored because of God's guidance to preach this terrific good news in new cities and areas where they have not heard before. Sounds like what originally we set out on the WOW program to do. Opening new areas. That's this verse. So then, it was not necessary for me to build upon a foundation someone else had laid. Why? Wasn't any. He opened a new area, a new territory. He opened a new city. No one else had been in there holding forth God's word, so he had no nobody else's foundation to build upon. Whenever you are in leadership responsibility and you go into an area where somebody else has taught the great accuracy of God's word, you simply take off from where he is and keep moving. You build upon what he has already laid. If I teach the word of God at a certain place, and then one other believer comes in and teaches, he just simply keeps building on what I taught. If you teach the word of God in an area, and I come in, I just build on what you've taught. Now just think that through. What happens so many times is if somebody else has been in that area and built something, then you come in, your personality, your style of teaching, your way of moving with people is different than the one who preceded you, so you immediately begin to throw everything out he did and start doing it your way. That's a bunch of junk. That's right. Whenever you take over a responsibility where someone else has built upon the great accuracy of God's word, don't upset the apple cart and immediately turn everything upside down and say, well, we're going to do it my way because what he did wasn't quite as good as what I know and how I know to do it. That lacks the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation without hypocrisy. When I was in the organized church, or disorganized, whatever it is, we were taught in the theological schools that when you take over a new assignment as a minister, take it easy at least for the first six months, preferably a year. In other words, go into the area and don't upset the apple cart. Just take up where that minister left off and keep going until you have the respect, the love, the understanding of the people in the church, then if you see a better way of doing it, you can change. Otherwise, you'll lose them. And that's still good teaching. Now, Paul didn't have to do that in most of these areas because it was, it was a new area that he opened. It was a new city, a new territory. That's why that verse 20 is so beautiful as I've given it to you. Then verse 21, but as it is written, here we're back to core principle, to whom he was not spoken of, 
they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. And I translated it, it, it as, But as it is written in Isaiah 52, 15, To whom the Gentiles, God was not spoken of. To whom? The Gentiles. God was not spoken of. I have by God's revelation preached to them that they may see and that those who have not heard might be given an opportunity to hear and understand if they want to. As it is written in Isaiah 52, 15, to whom the Gentiles God was not spoken of. I have by God's revelation preached to them that they may see and that those who have not heard might be given an opportunity to hear and understand if they want to. Now verse 22, for which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. And I translated it, and because of all this work I've been doing, I just haven't had or taken the time to come and see and visit with you. And because of all this work I've been doing, I just haven't had or taken the time to come and see and visit with you. Verse 23, But now, having no more place in these parts, and having your great desire these many years to come unto you. I translated it, But now, having finished the work and teaching I wanted to do, in these cities and areas, and having had such a great longing for such a long time to come and visit with you. But now, having finished the work and teaching I wanted to do in these cities and areas, and having had such a great longing for such a long time to come and visit with you, we go to verse 24. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. I translated verse 24. When I now leave and head out for Spain, I will definitely stop in to see and visit with you on this itinerary. And how blessed and healed I will be just sitting with you and being in your company until you see me off. Isn't that beautiful? So tender, it's so easy. When I now leave and head out for Spain, I will definitely stop in to see and visit with you on this itinerary. And how blessed and healed I will be just sitting with you 
and being in your company until you see me off. Verse 25. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. I translated it, but right now I'm packing. Getting ready to go to Jerusalem to minister and share my life and heart with the believers. But right now I'm packing, getting ready to go to Jerusalem to minister and share my life and heart with the believers. Then verse 26, For it hath pleased them a Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are in Jerusalem. And I translated verse 26, Because our households of believers in Macedonia and Achaia have abundantly shared so we can bless our less fortunate brothers in Jerusalem. Because our households of believers in Macedonia and Achaia have abundantly shared, so we can bless our less fortunate brothers in Jerusalem. Now verse 27, It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are, for if the Gentiles had been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. I translated this, and it sure blessed everyone who shared abundantly, for they are so thankful to the believers in Jerusalem for their stand on the word and are indebted to them. For had it not been for their stand and believing, none of the Gentiles would have received this great spiritual treasure. So they are just so tickled to be able to help and bless the believers in Jerusalem with their material abundance. Verse 28, When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. And I translated that, And when I have delivered this gift to our family and household in Jerusalem and blessed them by spending a little time in fellowship with them, I will be going on to Spain. In verse 29, And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. It is interesting that it's called the gospel of God 
called the gospel of God in verse 16. Verse 16, ministering the gospel of God. Here in the 29th verse, it's the gospel of Christ. You see, the gospel of God was made available through the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, made available God's will for mankind. That's why it's called the gospel of God, but it's also called the gospel of Christ. And I translated verse 29. After we close 28, I will be going on to Spain. Verse 29. And after that, I'm coming right on down to you. And I'm already tasting the joy of my coming to you, for I can hardly wait to share my loving heart, for I'm just plumb full of the blessing of the gospel of Christ, the greatest news in the world, and I just have to share it with you or explode. That's verse 29. I'll give you King James again, then I'll read you what I worked out from it. And I'm sure that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And after that, I'm coming right on down to you. And I'm already tasting the joy of my coming to you, for I can hardly wait to share my loving heart, for I'm just plumb full of the blessing of the gospel of Christ, the greatest news in the world, and I just have to share it with you or explode. And of course, the scripture that made me work it this way is where Paul made the statement, woe if I preach not the gospel. See, when you get so loaded with the greatness of the love of God and the power of God and his word, you just got, you just got to tell it, you explode one or the other got to give it it's really a tremendous thing now I'd like for you just to relax a little don't write anything I just want to read you these verses and I just want you to sense the in-depth greatness of them for Paul was commissioned he had a very tremendous responsibility before God and I want you to see the tenderness of his heart yet the greatness of the word that lived in it. And I'll just read you my translation verse for verse as you listen and taste the impact of it. I'm persuaded, my brethren, that you also are to be admired for the perfection of your renewed mind love without hypocrisy, which is due to your full capacity of the accurate knowledge of the word, which makes it possible for you to instruct admonishingly another believer. But I have written to you with a great measure of boldness that you be sure to keep in mind that it was God's grace to me that made known and available the word and God's grace to you. It is by God's grace that I am a minister of Jesus Christ to you Romans, and not just to Israel, ministering God's gospel to Israel and you Romans, that the Gentiles might commit and surrender themselves completely, 
having been set apart for eternal life by God. I'm just so tickled and blessed and rejoice because of what Jesus Christ made available to the Gentiles also, all those things that pertain to God. For I cannot speak of what others may have done, but I know what Christ has permitted me to do by his grace for you, Gentiles, by the word and by my actively working and teaching it that made you respond and become obedient to him. Yes, even miracle upon miracle, powerful and dynamic signs and wonders by the inherent power of God in me, so that starting from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, to both Israel and Gentiles, I have heralded to my fullest capacity and ability the good news of what Christ accomplished, which is God's good news to Gentiles also. Yes, I have deliberately endeavored, because of God's guidance, to preach this terrific good news in new cities and areas where they have not heard before. So then it was not necessary for me to build upon a foundation someone else laid, but as it is written in Isaiah 52, 15, to whom the Gentiles God was not spoken of. I have by God's revelation preached to them that they may see and that those who have not heard might be given an opportunity to hear and understand if they want to. And because of all this work I've been doing, I just haven't had or taken the time to come and see and visit with you. But now, having finished the work and teaching I wanted to do in these cities and areas, and having had such a great longing for such a long time to come and visit with you, when I now leave and head out for Spain, I will definitely stop in to see and visit with you on this itinerary. And how blessed and healed I will be just sitting with you and being in your company until you see me off. But right now, I'm packing, getting ready to go to Jerusalem to minister and share my life and heart with the believers. Because our households of believers in Macedonia and Achaia have abundantly shared so we can bless our less fortunate brothers in Jerusalem. And it sure blessed everyone who shared abundantly, for they're so thankful to the believers in Jerusalem for their stand on the word and are indebted to them. For had it not been for their stand and believing, none of the Gentiles would have received this great spiritual treasure. So they're just so tickled to be able to help and bless the believers in Jerusalem with their material abundance. When I have delivered this gift to our family and household in Jerusalem and blessed them by spending a little time in fellowship with them, I will be going on to Spain. And after that, I'm coming right on down to you. And I'm already tasting the joy of my coming to you, for I can hardly wait to share my love and heart for I'm just plumb full 
of the blessing of the gospel of Christ, the greatest news in the world, and I just have to share it with you or explode. That is the core tonight. God bless. I love you. You are the best. Good night.